You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Building the Buckeyes. I'm your host, Andrew Lind, and in this week's episode, I'll be talking about a wide variety of topics, including a recent visit from a five-star prospect, how kickoff times impact Ohio State's recruiting efforts, and much more. Up first, the Buckeyes welcomed Alabama five-star cornerback A.J. Harris to campus for an unofficial visit for Saturday's game against Maryland. It was Harris's second time on campus as he attended a one-day camp in June, but perhaps his final visit to Columbus before he makes his college decision among Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, LSU, North Carolina, Notre Dame, and Ohio State on either his mom's birthday in mid-December or his own birthday in mid-January. With that said, I recently spoke with SIL American Director of Recruiting John Garcia, who talked about how important it was to get Harris back to Columbus this fall. Massive, massive, because based on his location, you know, he's a Phoenix City kid, which is literally on the border of, of Georgia and Alabama. So, in terms of going up to Athens, going to Tuscaloosa, even to Clemson, you're talking about a few hours. It's really not not a, a crazy haul, uh, as, as it may seem. So when you talk about the outer region programs, Ohio State, Notre Dame, North Carolina, among the three you mentioned, first of all, you're talking about what would be a monumental way that North Carolina could pull that off against those guys. I mean, salute, salute to Mac Brown. I don't see it happening. Um, and, and, and same thing for Notre Dame, as far as, as, far as I can tell at this point. So to me, it, it kind of leaves the SEC crew, Clemson and, and, and Ohio State. So I do think a visit there would, would play would pay dividends. And I think the scheme, the NFL production has been elite at Ohio State. And starting a true freshman who's playing his tail off mm-hmm. in Denzel Burke at the position, and you talk about something that sells without even trying, those are the elements that skill guys are looking for where is the evidence that if i'm the best guy i will play day one that's something that that notre dame is is struggling with um at certain positions perceptionally in the recruiting game ohio state clemson georgia all the other schools in this mix right bama they do it they have done it and they've done it on big stages and for ohio state to have that going at the time at this time at that position i think says a lot uh, about the ceiling for the sell to A.J. Harris. Um, and and he is a very calculated kid, so much so to the point, as you mentioned, Andrew, he took a step back from talking about where he was going to go because he wanted to see more on these campuses. I, I have friends in the industry try to stop by his school. And in person, he says, you know, hey, really appreciate you coming by, but I don't really want to comment on these things right now. So you talk about a calculated kid, 
and he's an underclassman, right? Mm-hmm. Class of 2023. So that is that is totally different. So to me, and having talked to him a few times at camps and different things this summer, it just tells you about the type of calculation and evaluation and data points that are going to go into this decision. So a Denzel Burke-like X-Factor could play big, and seeing that in person and the game prep and all of that could play even bigger. So kind of how I feel like with the Ernest Green recruitment, you get them on campus and you go from there. It kind of resets everything. Um, and, and AJ, unlike Kojo, unlike Ernest Green, he is a born and bred kind of SEC, ACC kid. So if you're going to pull him out of the region, you've got to really line up those bowling pins and knock him down in a row on the cell. And I think perceptionally, Ohio State is there. Histor- historically, Ohio State is there. On the field, they're there. Can they can they do it in person? Can they do it in the secondary room with the players and the coaches? And I think that that could be the deciding factor when you're talking about a kid who, like you said, may be the best corner and was definitely the best camp corner I saw <laughs> this summer, regardless of class. You know, that's how you land guys like that. Um, so we'll see. To John's point, Ohio State really rolled out the red carpet for Harris, both before and during the game. In fact, every single defensive coach, including defensive coordinator Kerry Combs and secondary coach Matt Barnes, took time away from their pregame warm-ups to talk with Harris and his parents. Head coach Ryan Day even stopped by to say hello, too. Linebacker commit C.J. Hicks then effectively acted as Harris's tour guide for the afternoon, introducing him to the other commitments in attendance like tight end Bennett Christian, linebacker Gabe Powers, and offensive tackle Tegra Shibola, who all sat together during the game. Of course, another thing that helps the Buckeyes' pursuit of Harris is their improved play on the defensive side of the ball over the last few weeks. Not only did they hold Maryland to 135 yards less than their season average, they also intercepted two passes, including one of which they returned for a touchdown, and that in turn set a school record for consecutive games with a pick six. Now, seeing a staff put their players in a position to succeed like that has to be enticing to a player of Harris's caliber. Still, I'm not certain the Buckeyes were able to do enough on this one visit to seal the deal in his recruitment. After all, game day visits are great in terms of seeing the atmosphere and all that comes with it, but it really doesn't do much in the way of spending time with the coaches, and those relationships are ultimately what will decide where Harris ends up playing his college ball. At this time, I think Harris is more likely to choose Alabama, Clemson, or Georgia if he sticks with his current decision timeline. But as John noted, there is still a long way to go before he can put pen to paper as part of the class of 2023. And perhaps Ohio State can pull it out over the long haul. 100%, especially with, with a calculated kid like, like AJ. And yeah, when we when we last checked in, there was a lot of Clemson buzz. There was some Alabama buzz. And, and it kind of went from there. Um, so, so there could be some work to do on this Ohio State cell uh, here at the end. But... Regardless of, of early commitment, which it looks like AJ's going to do, I believe, uh, I think I saw it was in January. January 11th, I believe, yeah. Right. So regardless of that, um, long way from January 11th, 2022 to mid-December 2022. Um, so I do think as the landscape shifts in college football like it does every, every winter, I do think things can change either right before his commitment or in the long stretch after his commitment in between making that verbal early and, and signing on the dotted line, much like we, we talked about with Jaheim Singletary. I mean, this was a done 
100% in January, like, I'm done, like, this is home kind of thing. And things changed for a variety of reasons we won't get into, but things changed just because there was so much time for things to change. And, you know, six, seven months later, he made the move, and, and we'll see where he ends up. I'm not saying uh, the same is going to happen to AJ wherever he commits, but obviously if you miss on him, you want to miss as early as possible and, and go from there and make up the ground and stay in the fight from there. Switching gears, I talked last week about how IMG Academy four-star wide receiver Carnell Tate was set to announce his college decision on October 8th. He since decided to delay that in order to take more visits. On one hand, it's kind of a surprise to see that happen, as Tate was pretty much down to Notre Dame and Ohio State, with both schools pushing for his pledge this summer. On the other hand, he really only visited those two schools between the recruiting dead period opening back up in June and now, as he visited them six times between the two this summer and fall. Now, it still feels like Tate's recruitment will come down to the Buckeyes and the Fighting Irish eventually, but part of the reason that he transferred to IMG from his high school in Chicago in the first place was for increased exposure. So, then, the attention that he's receiving, and only going to continue to receive from the other big-time programs around the country, is probably worth taking that step back. Aside from Harrison Tate, it really doesn't feel like there's a lot going on in the Ohio State football recruiting world. After all, the Buckeyes are currently sitting at 14 commitments and only have their eyes on a handful of targets who don't appear close to making their college decisions just yet. That could soon change, though, as the October 30th game against Penn State will have a massive visitor list with several top targets on hand, including Iowa safety Xavier and Wankva, Indiana defensive tackle Caden Curry, Florida defensive lineman Shamar Stewart, and Texas defensive end Omari Abor among those set to be in attendance. And, depending on the time of day, Ohio State might finally be able to welcome California offensive lineman Ernest Green to campus for his long-awaited, twice-rescheduled official visit. Of course, that's all dependent on ABC or ESPN getting the game instead of Fox, but if that's the case, as an Ohio State spokesperson told us today, expect it to be an evening kickoff. That, of course, would be welcome news for both Green and Ohio State, as noon kickoffs prevented him from attending the games against Oregon and Maryland in the last couple weeks. Here's what Day had to say about that subject during his lightning round media availability last Thursday afternoon. I mean, I think we're going to, you know, have some night games here moving forward, too. So I think there'll be opportunities for guys to come visit when they want to. Um, it is harder for the West Coast guys to get here for a noon game, like you're saying. But uh, but there are still some some guys within driving distance that, that should be able to make it. Um, and that's a part of the equation that obviously we'd love to get guys here for games. So um, you know, the more guys we can get on campus for the game day atmosphere, you know, we think it's the best game day atmosphere there is in a country. And, you know, we want to get guys here and, and hopefully there's going to be more opportunities as we head into the middle of October and November. Um, but but the noon kickoff, it, it is always also exciting and it's fun. And if, for the guys who can get here, um, you know, that's it's obviously the, the prime time, um, you know, for Fox and, and some of the other guys. And so that's that's part of the equation as, as well. Um, but we, we've had, I guess, a few new games. We've also had some 330 and some night games as well. So, um you know, when, when guys can make it, we certainly want to get them here as many times as we can. And it's a huge selling point for, for our program. Another thing worth keeping an eye on moving forward as it pertains to Ohio State's recruiting efforts is the alignment of the defensive coaching staff. While Day's decision to relieve Combs of his play calling duties and give them to Barnes has paid dividends for the Buckeyes on the field, there will come a time this offseason when he has to address the elephant in the room. Is Combs still the defensive coordinator moving forward? If not, who is? And will Combs still be on staff as a position coach if he's not the coordinator? Those are all very important questions for recruits to have an answer to as they look to spend the next three to five years at any school. 
Interestingly enough, Day said during his press conference last week that he hasn't really fielded any questions from recruits and their families about that subject. You know, we really haven't changed that all that much. It's um, right now. It's just you know, still the, the defensive staff is is continuing to work like they have, and um, you know, all these guys. It's group recruiting all the time, anyways, and uh, I'm involved with it as well. You know, we had a bunch of calls last night, and so um, you know, we, we really haven't made an, a huge adjustment in that area. What, what sort of questions or concerns have there been from recruits and their families about um, sort of Kerry's role and Matt's role, uh, sort of those two things side by side? What, what sort of questions have you had to answer and how have you gone about answering those? I haven't had any. Yeah, no, no one's really, um, you know, pressed me with any of those type of questions. I think they, they understand, you know, what Ohio State is and understand this program and, you know, our philosophy is not going to change. Colm said he hasn't had any of those conversations either during his press conference on Tuesday afternoon. You know what I talked to recruits about? Playing ball at Ohio State, playing ball in, a, in an unbelievable environment, being a part of something really special, uh, you know. And, and so I, I think recruiting to Ohio State is not nearly as hard as some people would like you to believe. Uh, this is an unbelievable place, and so I've had great opportunity to have great conversations with young people all over the country about it. Whatever happens with Combs will surely play a huge role in Ohio State's pursuit of Nwankpa, who, as I mentioned, will be on campus for the game against Penn State. That weekend can't come soon enough for the Buckeyes either, as Nwankba is coming off his official visit to Iowa and actually received a couple of crystal ball predictions in favor of the Hawkeyes by the time the visit was over. Now, Ohio State has long been viewed as a favorite in his recruitment, but there's obviously a draw to playing for the home state team. That showed when a large portion of the crowd was chanting his name when he was on the sidelines prior to the game on Saturday. Not to mention, Iowa has been playing stellar defense this fall. So not only does it feel like Ohio State and Iowa are on a collision course for the Big Ten championship game, but also for one of the top-rated safeties in the country. Moving on, Ohio State doesn't play this weekend, but that doesn't mean it's an off week for the coaching staff as they hit the road for some recruiting visits on Monday and then plan to take in some high school games this Friday night, something that they really haven't been able to do since the day after the season opener at Minnesota. Yeah, we're, uh, we went out yesterday. We'll be out Friday. And... Um... You know, it's a great opportunity. It's the first time we've really been out back on the road again, which is which is really important for us. That said, this week and the week after the Big Ten Championship game will probably be the two biggest weeks of the current recruiting calendar as the Buckeyes look to fill out the remainder of the class. Yeah, yeah I think we're in pretty good shape. I mean, one of the, the good things that we're able to do now is to start to evaluate some of the guys who have played. It's, it's been a while since some of these these um, these prospects have been on the field and actually played in games. So uh, we're gathering that information and evaluating those guys. And, and so, you know, really trying to be thorough about it. Wrapping up, I want to make two quick notes. First, Virginia five-star offensive tackle Zach Rice is set to announce his college decision among Alabama, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Virginia on October 21st. He took an official visit this summer, but hasn't really been connected to the Buckeyes in any way since. So don't expect any good news. Now, Rice doesn't have any crystal ball predictions at this time, but if I had to wager a guess of my own, I think he ends up with the Tar Heels, who have made some splashes in Virginia in recent years. As for Ohio State, the staff is still looking for at least one or two more offensive linemen alongside Shibola and Colorado four-star George Fitzpatrick. Keep an eye on the likes of Green, Indiana four-star Keonta Goodwin, who is committed to Kentucky, Huber Heights Wayne four-star Emil Wagner, and Texas four-star Cam Dewberry as more realistic names to fill out that spot. Lastly, Ohio State welcomed the son of former defensive end Will Smith, Will Smith Jr., to campus for this weekend's game against Maryland. It was truly an awesome moment to see the younger Smith, who plays at nearby Dublin Kaufman, 
emerged from the tunnel alongside his mother, grinning ear to ear at the thought of playing at the same college football program as his late father. Now, I don't know how sought after of a recruit that he'll turn into, though he does have early offers in the class of 2023 from Marshall and Miami of Ohio, but if there's someone I'm rooting for to become a household name over the next few years, it's absolutely him. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of Building the Buckeyes. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at, at Andrew M. Lind. My DMs are always open, and I'm always open to hearing people's thoughts on how I can improve this podcast. Thanks as always for listening. Until next time.